0: Hello and welcome to This Week at Charlestown Road, a branch of the Heaven Bound podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus. This is where we reflect on the weekend that was. We dig a little deeper into a recent sermon to give you something to think about as this week unfolds and preview what's to come this next weekend at Charlestown Road. Roger, this past Sunday, you began a little series that's going to take us into the next few weeks, but... Diving into such important, very personal, very practical questions, you launched into this past Sunday morning, Can I
1: Know I'm Saved? Yeah, we went to talk about this little phrase, Can I Know? I think there's a lot of times in life that we are just sold the bill of goods that nobody knows. And nobody can be for certain. And everybody has an opinion, and all opinions are right, and everybody's opinion counts. And so we kind of walk around in life with this big fog, and we just don't know. So in this little series, we're going to talk about some aspects of our relationship with God. Uh, can I know what God expects of me? Can I know what God wants me to do? And so we start off with, I think, is the most important question is, can I know I'm saved? And if I don't know that, um, that's just going to lead me into all kinds of trouble. Uh, and, and what we find when we open our Bibles, it's not based on feelings. Uh, I remember years ago having this discussion with somebody, and he told me, that being saved is like being in love. He said, you can't explain it, but you just know it. And, you know, as a poet or a songwriter, that may sound great. You may <laughs> think, man, that's that's just going to make a great song, you know. But the Bible doesn't base it that way. Everyone's feelings are different, um, you know Two people can sit down And watch the same movie And one person can walk away And say That's one of the best movies Of all time The other guy said I was sleeping <laughs> uh, We can go to the art museum and, and look at some art And think Man that is just I, I see his pain I see what he's trying to express And someone else thinks That's a bunch of junk And so God never bases Our relationship with him On how do you feel uh, Do you feel great And And you know, from that, what we try to express is that our salvation is independent of anyone else, It's just me and Jesus. Some people live their faith through the church. And so if things are good down to church house, things are good with me. If things are not good, church house, and things are not good in my faith, that's not how we see it in our scriptures. Uh, nor do we see it's a matter of what do I think. Here's what I think somebody is when they're saved. We see some specific statements in our Bibles. And so, like, First John chapter 5, verse 13, John said, I write these things so you may know you have eternal life. Can I know I'm saved? And the answer is, yes, I can know that. So one of the, one of the pivotal passages we walked through was Acts chapter 8 and the conversion of the Ethiopian. There, as he was reading the book of Isaiah, which is phenomenal, they even had a copy of that, the preacher Philip went to him, and begin with the scripture, he preached Jesus, Acts 8, 35. As they went along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? Now, right there, there's a natural bridge. He's preaching Jesus and he sees water. And he brings up the subject of baptism. Preaching Jesus brings up the subject of baptism. He didn't say, look, there's a cow. Look, there's a horse. Look, there's water. I need to be baptized. Why did it? Where did that thought come from? Because he was preached Jesus. They stopped the chariot. They went down and got baptized, and the Bible says in verse 39 that uh, the the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch saw him no longer, but he went on his way rejoicing. Right there, we see three fundamental core words that all begin with the word F. The first one is facts. He preached Jesus. From that came faith. He believed what was said Following that is feelings. Feelings are part of our relationship with God. We need to have feelings and passion, but that follows first of all the facts and the faith. You have feelings without facts. Who knows where that's going to be? So, so from this lesson, we pulled out two or three fundamental points, and that is from the Book of Acts, we notice that everyone was saved the same way. They all heard the Word of God preach, whether it's a big crowd or one on one. They all believed that word of God that was preached. They all repented and they all were immersed for the remission of their sins. Without exception in the book of Acts, that's what we find. We find that salvation is a process of obedience. It's not a process of feelings, but it's obedience. And then thirdly, what we found is that God wants you to know That you're saved. God wants you to have that confidence within you. God wants you to feel good about your relationship, that I am a child of God and that I belong in the kingdom. And that that will direct my steps and my actions and my purpose and all those things. So, you know, in a world that's so confused and I dare say, if we would just walked up to a person and say, are you saved? They'd probably say, well, yeah, I think I am. And why well I just think I am or you know I'm I'm a pretty good person and that that would be their their basis The Bible really shows us a totally different picture, and that's what we will try to get across.
0: Yeah. The sermon is freely available at charlestownroad.org. Such an important question that people grapple with. I would absolutely encourage you, if you haven't already, go back and watch or listen to that. Share this with others. This is a question that we need to know how to answer, Roger, as you've brought up, not just from our own subjective feelings. We know that the Bible warns us how easily it is, uh, easy it is for us to deceive ourselves, right? Just to follow our hearts. Well, our hearts can be very, very, very deceitful. We need an objective standard beyond ourselves. And I appreciate you pointing us to that standard. You know, it's, Sadly, remarkable to me how many times I have sat with someone. I know you've had very similar experiences where someone knows that they are At the end of their time here on the earth, and they have been a person of faith. They believe with all of their hearts that death is not going to be the end of them. They believe that more is to come even after the last breath with their physical bodies. But to hear someone say something like, I just don't know if I've been good enough. I just don't know if I've done enough. Um, R- Roger, what, what do you say to someone who is straight, even a Christian that is struggling with that sort of thing in the last moments of their life?
1: Well, I, I've heard that all my life, and, and I've heard that from different avenues. I've heard from people that are very healthy, and they just don't feel like they're good enough. They don't feel like they've done enough. And, of course, what you say, I've heard it as people are about to take their last breath. Uh The answer, first and foremost, is you're right. <laughs> you're <laughs> That's right. exactly you're, right. You're not good enough. You'll never be good enough. If you are good enough, you don't need Jesus. Yeah. And... I haven't done enough. That's that's true too. Um, there's always things we can do. I, I remember uh years ago being in a congregation where I baptized a lady and she was in her high seventies when I baptized her. And you know, when she came out of the water she had tears in her eyes and the first thing she said to me is, I wasted the first seventy years of my life. Uh, She wished she had been baptized when she was a teenager so Mm -hmm. she could have had a lifetime of serving in the kingdom. But it's where you are, it's what you can do, and and, and that's, that's what you need to do. So, so you're not a good enough person. You haven't done enough. Uh, Our salvation is not based upon getting perfect score on a papers. That's how we grade in school. You get A, you know, you, you pass the test, you get an A. You earn the A. It's not that way with God. The 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 test is not a, a piece of paper. And so we're saved by grace through faith right. is what the is what we're told in the book of Ephesians. And so it's the grace of God that saves us. Uh we need to have the faith to do whatever God says to us. If God was to say, I want you to learn a foreign language, guess what? We learn a foreign language that's what God says. If God said, "I want you to climb a mountain, uh, we were down in uh, uh, Gatlinburg a few weeks ago, and one of my granddaughters there's a climbing wall. Boy, she just climbed up that little wall you know <laughs> well, if God told me I had to learn to climb a mountain, I'd be right beside her and I'd be learning how to climb because if that's what God said. I'm going. God sets the terms of saving us. He's the one who saves us. It's not ourselves. It's not the church. It's not anyone else. So when the Lord tells us to believe that word that was preached, to change our ways, to confess Christ, to be immersed, then our sins are washed away, and then to walk with him the rest of our life, we do that. Yeah. Why do we do that? Same reason if he said foreign language. Same reason if he said the mountain, because he's the Lord. Whatever he says, we're going to do. And so, no, I'm not a good enough person. And I stand beside people who are not good enough people. But it's the grace of God that's going to allow us to be there. That is the
0: absolute key. And and key to set a, a setting aside this conception that, well, I haven't done enough as if— if I did enough good, that would somehow outweigh the bad that I've done. I, I will never be able to do good enough to outweigh the seriousness of my sin, but to borrow this idea of knowing. I, I think one of the most powerful passages we can share with someone struggling along those lines is 2 Timothy 1 verse 12, where Paul says, I'm not ashamed For I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me." I'm not good enough, but I know the one who is. I, I haven't done enough, but I know the one who has gained
1: and is guarded, guarding my salvation. Absolutely. Well, Jason, I've also talked to people through the years, and you know they just don't want to jump into where Christianity is. They're kind of standing off and just looking at it from a distance. Mm-hmm. And I've had people just say, well, you know, I'm going to just take my chances. Yeah. I'm going to just roll the dice, and when I face God at the judgment scene, I'm going to just take my chances." Yeah. Well, what do you say to somebody says that? You
0: know, that mentality reminds me of the very end of Acts chapter 24, where the Apostle Paul is on trial. There are various authorities that are taking a look at him, and one of them is named Felix. And Luke documents for us. We we don't have... Paul's sermon, the way that uh, anyone can go back and, and look at Roger's outline from this past Sunday or listen or even watch the video. we We don't have video footage or even written documentation of what Paul preached, but we do have a three-part summary provided to us by Luke. What did Paul talk with Felix about? Luke says he reasoned, about righteousness and self-control and the coming judgment. Now, all three of those— How very, very, very powerful. Righteousness. There is a God who is righteous and has defined for us right and wrong. And righteousness is walking in the right way as prescribed by my creator, right? That is going to take, number two, self-control. I've got to humble myself beneath the hand of this mighty God and do... Rogers, you brought up what he tells me to do. If he tells me to climb a climbing wall, I'm going to do that, right? Whatever it is that he tells me to do, that is the stuff of self-control because point number three, judgment is coming. There is right and wrong. I'm expected to apply that, and I am accountable to the God who has told me these things. Now, it's interesting. Luke tells us Felix was alarmed. And maybe our hypothetical person here who, you know, would they, they, they ask you what you did over the weekend. And well, I, uh, I, I was with my church family. Oh, yeah. What was that like? Well, Roger talked about this really important question. Can I know I'm saved? And this person, you know, they hear you talking about it and it unnerves them a little because they spent all weekend watching football and, it sure does sound like you you spent some time talking about much more significant stuff than college and National Football League football. But, you know, I, I'm just not sure I'm ready to think too far about that. And so maybe like Felix, they say, go away for the present When I get an opportunity, I will summon you. Now, your question, Roger, was why is that a a dangerous approach? Well, whether I say go away or not doesn't change what's right. Whether I say when I get an opportunity or not doesn't change God's call for me to learn self-control. Whether or not I ever summon that person again to say, can you tell me more about that? does not change the fact that judgment is coming. As far as we know, Felix took that approach. You know what? I heard this Paul, what he had to say was concerning to me. It was alarming to me because if it's true, I'm not sure I'm in the right. I'm pretty sure I'm not saved by this God that Paul is talking about. But here's the bottom line. If Felix never summons Paul again, if Felix never hears more, most of all, if Felix never responds, there is absolutely no biblical reason to believe that Felix was saved by the God who wanted to show him grace.
1: And and that phrase, you know, the expression, I'll just take my chances. Well, you only get one chance. You only get one chance. And if if you mess that chance up, you can't say, well, let let me roll the dice again. No, there's no mulligans. There's no do-overs. You've had a lifetime. And if you didn't do what God wants you to do— uh, that that's a scary thing, and and really behind all this, you don't have to live that way. You don't have to live with a four leaf clover in your pocket, your fingers crossed. I hope I'll make it. You can you can know that's what the sermon is about. You can know whether you're heaven bound or not. It's not based on perfection. It's not based on goodness. It's not based on, well, I'll just hope I'm lucky. It's based upon what God has told us and what he's promised us. And that's the key we need to have in our life.
0: Yeah, uh, a couple of passages that would be great to read sometime this week 2 Timothy chapter 4 is just full of confidence on the part of the Apostle Paul, not because he's an apostle, but because he knows who he has believed in. He knows Jesus. Roger, in the, the context of our church family, you're teaching a deeper Bible study class on 1 John toward the end of our Bibles. You want something good to read about, can I really know? Take the time. Time this week to read the little five chapter letter of First John. You can know, and and in the context of our own church family or even beyond. If for some reason
1: you don't know, let's talk about that. Yeah. Why don't you know? Yeah, re- reach out to us, e- even if you're in another state, another place, another nation. Uh, let us try to help you. We'll, you know, through email or other avenues, we'll do what we can. We'll send what we can to help you because the Bible teaches that you can have that confidence and that confidence will will change everything. You'll look death right in the eye and say, I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid because I know what's on the other side because I have this assurance from God. You can look at temptation and just say, get out of my life, devil. I don't need you. I don't want you because I have this confidence in God. But when we walk through life with a question mark, it's, it's just an uneasy feeling. It's an uneasy relationship. And, and a the person, they're not going to be making the right choices as they should. And so, can I know? It's a powerful, powerful thought. It's something that ought to drive us as we really want to be right with our Lord. Yeah.
0: Roger, it is Wednesday. And of course, we are looking forward to Bible classes this evening. You're teaching in the auditorium.
1: Yes. uh, This quarter here, we've wrapped up our summer series. So we're looking at questions. We're talking about common questions that some of the congregation have submitted to me, and we're walking through those questions and kind of looking at them. And it's just an interesting lesson to to kind of look at kind of the hodgepodge of questions, but what's on people's hearts and their minds. And we just open our Bibles and we try to come to the answers from what God says.
0: On our Building Blocks track of studies, we're exploring, this will be part two, what can we know about Angels, something that lots of people have curiosity about. Last Wednesday we learned, okay, angels aren't God. They're, they're, they're not people who have passed from this life and become translated into angels. We talked last Wednesday about how they are created. Servants of God that are sent for specific reasons. Lord willing, this evening we'll take it a step further. I've got the opportunity, Lord willing, to preach this coming Sunday morning. Roger, I'm going to lean on our daily Bible reading schedule. Lord willing, next Monday and Tuesday. We we just started reading the last book of the Bible, Revelation. And Lord willing, next Monday and Tuesday, we're going to be in Revelation 4. Revelation 5. We're going to dive into those two chapters, and I'm just going to try and frame this as a scene to imagine when you pray. We'll talk a little bit about the power of prayer. We spend a lot of time talking about that from our perspective. What about from heaven's perspective? And so we would love to have you join us this Sunday morning. Roger, I'm looking forward to your series, Uh, continuing. Can I know? Such important questions, but I appreciate the opportunity to look back at this with you. Again, if you've not had the opportunity to watch or listen, go to charlestownroad.org. Don't only profit personally from this resource, but take the time to share it with others. Thanks to all of you for listening to this week at Charlestown Road. It would be great to see you tonight. We're already looking forward to Sunday, the best day of the week. We would love to have you come and grow with us.